SBS Radio. In this bulletin, tributes continue to flow for the late indigenous songman Uncle Archie Roach. And reactions to the Prime Minister's plans for an indigenous voice to Parliament. Also, aged care providers say a goal of 100% fourth dose vaccination among their residents could be hard to achieve. Tributes continue to flow for the late indigenous musician Uncle Archie Roach. Mr. Roach has died at the age of 66 in hospital in the Victorian town of Warrnambool after a long illness. He rose to prominence after the release in 1990 of his debut single, Took the Children Away, which reflected his experience as a survivor of the stolen generation. He was inducted into the Australian Recording Industry Association Hall of Fame in 2020. Attendees of the Indigenous Gama Festival in the Northern Territory have reflected on, on Mr. Roach's life and legacy. Aboriginal journalist and author Stan Grant talked about the late singer. He was a voice from the soul, wasn't he? For all of us. When I'd hear those songs, I'd hear my father and my grandfather speaking to me. Mr. Roach's family has given permission for his name, image and music to continue to be used. Australia could be on the cusp of historic change with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese outlining plans for constitutional amendments and a referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. Speaking at the Gamma Festival in Nanem Land on Saturday, Mr Albanese outlined a vision that he believes Australia is ready to embrace. The Prime Minister revealed a draft of the question he believes could be put to the Australian people in the referendum consisting of a simple yes or no question about supporting a voice. Writing the voice into the Constitution means a willingness to listen won't depend on who is in government or who is Prime Minister. The voice will exist and endure outside of the ups and downs of election cycles and the weakness of short-term politics. Mr Albanese has told NITV this has been an important goal for him for many years. We should be honoured to share this island continent with the oldest continuous civilization on the planet. Uh, I grew up in inner Sydney, uh, so I knew a lot of uh, Indigenous people from around Redfern, where I grew up, and uh, through South Sydney Football Club and all of that. Uh, But it's been a great privilege of my political life uh, to visit remote communities, to engage with First Nations people uh, around the country. And I see this as an incredible opportunity to enrich the nation. Liberal Senator Michaela Cash says the opposition is still weighing up its position and wants to see more detail. Labor is committed to holding the referendum before the next election in 2025. The, pl- the Prime Minister's plans to introduce an Indigenous voice to Parliament has drawn cautious approval from First Nations communities. These attendees at the Gamma Festival told NITV it's about time. It's long, long overdue. That should have been happening years and years ago. Uh, I had tears in my eyes, you know. We've been trying for, since the Uluru Statement was made, to get a government to listen. It's really important when Aboriginal people hear this from the top because um, one of the things he said um, is that 
we've been failed too many times in the past. And the difference is for us, when you hear it coming from the top, that motivates us to continue to push forward to find equity amongst our people and take our rightful place in Australia. I think it sounded very good uh, verbally. I think all the facts were there. But being a politician, we'll see what happens at the end, eh? A prominent Northern Territory Aboriginal leader has labelled the Prime Minister's plans for constitutional change as hopeless for First Nations people. There are renewed calls to prioritise a treaty rather than a voice to Parliament. Australia remains the only Commonwealth country to have never signed a legally binding treaty covering issues like land rights with, with its Indigenous people. Yol Numan, an independent MP in the Northern Territory Parliament, Yingya Mark Gayala, told NITV News that needs to be addressed as a priority. But voice itself is just hopeless. It's not much at all. It is the treaty, we believe, that, that has the power. It's about giving space. It's about working close together. It will send families to move back onto their country, clan estates, how we were, and give us strength and power again. We were disempowered because of what was taken away from us. The fourth and final day of the Gama Festival will see discussions on Australia's growing space industry in Indigenous communities. U.S. space agency NASA successfully launched three rockets from the RNM Space Centre in June and July. The head of the head of the Australian Space Agency, Enrico Palermo, is due to speak at the festival, which celebrates First Nations culture in northeast Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory. The talk will be followed by a presentation by the festival's youth participants and a closing ceremonial bungle on the massive gathering's final day. Aged Care Minister Annika Wells says she hopes a change in data reporting on vaccination rates in aged care home, homes will more rapidly boost the uptake of fourth COVID-19 doses. From today, August, 8, August 1, vaccination data for individual aged care homes will be published online. 79% of aged care residents have had a fourth dose and Ms. Wells says she wants to see that number at 100%. So we're up to 78.8% now for residents in aged care. Obviously that's still a long way off 100, which is what we're working towards. The difficulty is once a centre has an outbreak, the VAX team can't go in, so they have to revisit three, four, five times, but they are doing it. It comes amid a growing number of outbreaks in the aged care sector, with nearly 10,000 people infected with coronavirus. Aged care providers say despite the use of Australian defence personnel to fill staff shortages, many spots remain unfilled. And we also have the health surge workforce, which is filling approximately 2,000 shifts a week. So that doesn't fill all the shifts by any means. You only need to talk to a single person working in aged care to say there are shifts going empty. But it's the best we can do this winter whilst we introduce bills to the House that start to the start the process of aged care reform. The other thing we're doing is trying to get aged care workers a pay rise. So come the 8th of August, the government's putting our submission into fair work. The aged care minister says the government is taking action. Senior staff from a Melbourne aged care home will be made to give evidence about the deaths of 50 residents after a failed Supreme Court battle. St. Basil's Home for the Aged Care Chairman Con Contis and Director of Nursing Vicky Kos have both refused to give evidence at an inquest on grounds of self-incrimination.
They went to Victoria's Supreme Court to stop state coroner John Kane, forcing them to give evidence at the inquest into the deaths of residents during a 2020 COVID outbreak. They lost their case in a decision handed down by Justice Stephen O'Mara today. Their barrister Ian Hill had argued that WorkSafe was using the inquest to gather material for criminal proceedings against the pair. A major report into Australia's gas supplies predicts a significant shortfall along the country's east coast next year. The shortfall is expected to mainly affect New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, Tasmania and the Australian Capital Territory with less significant consequences for Queensland. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission report says the shortfall would arise in 2023 if all the excess gas produced by exporters isn't is sent overseas. The competition regulator has urged the federal government and gas exporters work together to increase domestic supply. But the industry says gas supply will be adequate next year. Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers says he is considering the report's recommendations. Independent Senator Jackie Lambie says federal government should be moving quickly to limit gas exports through measures including the so-called gas trigger. If we have a 10% reduction rate of gas. Can you imagine that's going to push the price up? People are already doing it tough. They can't turn their heaters on, let alone small businesses or businesses out there that are using gas and trying to do the right thing. Um, It is extremely very worrying. It is time to pull the gas trigger. Don't tell me it's going to be six months or eight months. An alliance of 23 aid groups in Australia is urging the federal government to take up a greater role in responding to the global to the global hunger crisis. Almost 50 million people in 45 countries are on the brink of famine, which is exacerbated by Ukraine conflict, COVID-19 and climate change. In a budget submission paper, the Help Fight Famine Alliance is proposing Australia increase its its spending on foreign aid in the October federal budget to include measures such as a $150 million package to prevent famine in the worst-hit regions of the Horn of Africa, Afghanistan, Syria and Yemen. It also says long-term investment is needed in a targeted global food security strategy and in climate resilience measures for the Asia-Pacific region. Spokesperson for the Alliance, Afghan-born Australian lawyer Mariam Vesade, says urgent action is needed. Circumstances are such that in countries including Afghanistan, there is what is described as a perfect storm. An entire generation is on the brink of starvation um, because of that perfect storm, which is created largely by you know um, countries at war, but also the Ukraine, the Russia war has caused all sorts of food Um, supply chain issues. It actually requires immediate and unprecedented action to save millions of lives. And in sport, Australia remains number one on the medal tally at the Commonwealth Games with another golden night in swimming, gymnastics and cycling. A day after achieving the milestone of the 10th Commonwealth Games gold medal, Emma McKeon has broken the record with her 11th gold. The result in the women's 50-metre freestyle final means she now overtakes Susie O'Neill, Daisel Jones and Ian Thorpe with the most goals at the Commonwealth Games. Georgia Godwin has won the women's all-round 
all-around gymnastics and cyclist Matthew Richardson has taken gold in the men's sprint final. Christina Clonan has set a new games record in the women's 500-meter cycling cycling time trial at 33.23 seconds. Australia's women's T20 team have qualified for the semi-finals with a nine-wicket win over Barbados. Swimming and rugby seven finals will be coming up later on day three of the games. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 31, Perth, showers 20, Adelaide, partly cloudy 16, Melbourne, partly cloudy 16, Hobart, possible shower 13, Albury, Wodonga, cloudy day 11 degrees, Canberra, showers easing 14, Wollongong, partly cloudy 18, Sydney, possible shower 19, Newcastle, showers 18, Brisbane, a shower or two 19, Townsville, mostly cloudy 26, Cairns, cloudy day 26, Alice Springs, sunny 26, Darwin, mostly sunny 31, and the Torres Strait Islands, cloudy day at the top of 29 degrees. That is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.